This is the Christian Circle Podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. Welcome to our guests and to all the people listening to us. We are recording a new episode uh, on the podcast today and we have Dan Burke who I actually found on spiritualdirection.com and he has since moved on to uh, his new ministry. So Dan, welcome today. And uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry. Well, I, I just left EWTN. I was head of EWTN News, but I had founded spiritualdirection.com in 2009. And that grew into the Avila Institute. And all of what we do is oriented to helping people to heaven through the authentic Catholic mystical tradition. So spiritualdirection.com has readers in 190 countries. There's thousands of articles, videos, uh, podcasts, that sort of thing. And then the Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation is dedicated to providing personal enrichment studies for busy people to grow deeper in the interior life, but also for uh, graduate studies for uh, lay, religious, priests, deacons. And also we prepare men, we form men in preparation for the seminary in 15 dioceses, including uh, the Syro-Malabar diocese. So uh, all of this is just aimed at reproposing the beautiful wisdom of the saints of the church. And we do it in, uh, in so many ways. I think we wouldn't have time if we spent time all the time <laughs> describing them. Since you're so involved with spiritual direction and faith formation, uh, you know how important it is for us to pray with scripture. And yet a lot of people would, you know, um, say they're doing other pious things, going to Mass, which is also actually pr- uh, praying with Scripture. Mm-hmm. But there are people who will argue, why do we need to pray specifically with, with Scripture? So tell us why we need to do so. Well, St. John of the Cross says that in order for us to be able to persevere and to take up our cross and follow Jesus, we need to come to know and love him. And the way that we know, come to know and love him is through the Gospels in particular. And so in the Gospels, we practice Alexio Divina, our divine reading, and we spend time getting to know Jesus. When we come to know Jesus, we come to know the truth about ourselves and the truth about God, where we are, where he desires us to be. And many of the saints have, have noted that without uh, mental prayer, it's not Uh, likely we're going to get to heaven. So that was a clear uh, teaching of St. Alphonsus Liguri, who was a doctor of the church, also St. Teresa of Avila. And the reason is, is because they believed what Jesus said when he said the narrow road is difficult and, and not many go up it. And the reason not many go up it or make it is because they don't know how to stay near to Jesus. And uh, of course the mass and the sacraments are foundational, but We can't take the Mass and the sacraments with us every day into the day. But what we can do is practice mental prayer both in a specific time every day where we draw near to Jesus. And then also that tends to then bleed out into the rest of our day and our lives to keep us close to him, which keeps us on the narrow way. And this practice of um, Lectio Divina, it has been a practice of the Desert Fathers, if I'm not mistaken. So this is a very old practice, but for people who don't know what it really is and um, whether it, it really uh, is Catholic teaching, can you tell people more about this? 
Sure. Lexio Divina, of course, has been a, a Catholic teaching uh, from very early on in the church. And it's just a, an approach, a kind of a framework. I think it was Guigo, uh, the Carthusian, I actually wrote a book about this called Into the Deep. But Guigo, uh, the Carthusian, illustrated an, uh, an approach where he said that, you know, you begin by reading uh, scripture very attentively and leisurely. You do that in uh, the presence of God, and then you begin to reflect and 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 re- then respond to uh, the passage, and then you rest, which is uh, a, an area where when we encounter God in the passage, we allow that to kind of soak into us, and then as we exit prayer, we re- we resolve um, to do something as a result of the encounter. A, a great example of that, of course is Luke, I think it's chapter 19 with Zacchaeus, you know, where he's seeking to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's running after Jesus. He comes to see him and know him uh, through their, the look that they exchange when he's up in the tree. And then he comes down and they dine together. And then Zacchaeus says, I'm going to do whatever it is that you ask me to do. So we seek the Lord, we find him, and then we respond to him as he reveals himself in scripture. So how do we start this practice or what are the steps um, that are involved in doing this practice? Well, I, some of the secrets of the saints, I think, are probably pretty helpful and important here. Uh, three of them that are common across all the saints is that they all have what we call sacred time, sacred space, and then sacred attention. Sacred time is where we make a dedicated commitment to God for, to pray for a specific time every day. And this is important because our bodies will are not our friends as we begin to pray, but they can be our body can become our friend, and we can get into kind of a habit, a cycle of of getting up at the exact same time every morning to pray, dedicating specific time, and then eventually our body will even wake us up when our alarm doesn't go off as long as we don't hit the snooze button. Uh, I always say that saints don't have snooze buttons, but. We, we get up at the same time every day. We dedicate this time to God. So we call that sacred time. And then sacred space is a very powerful idea where, you know, you know, Pamela, when you walk into a beautiful church, how does it affect you? You know, you, it makes you want to pray. It makes you want to draw your heart near to God. And so we really strongly recommend that people have a little icon at the least mm-hmm. of Jesus, maybe also of Mary with a candle that helps us to keep uh, our eyes uh, attentive to what it is that we're there to do. And so we have a little sacred space. And then sacred attention is um, what we discussed in Lexio Divina or Divine. I call it discovery prayer. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of uh, creating that time, that space, and then using the approach to dig into scripture. I always recommend that the Gospel of John is the best place to start if people have never done it before <laughs> because of the way that it's written. It's very accessible yeah. and easy to understand. I know when we uh, do this practice, uh, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a tendency that you read a particular scripture and then you feel it speak to you. And people could quite literally take a meaning or you know, discover something that they think is speaking to them. How do we verify that what we're understanding or the voice that we're hearing is, is the voice of the Holy Spirit? That's a great question. So one of the things I use in the book uh, to help people understand this 
is a series of questions that they can that they can use. There's actually a little brief little guide to help them avoid getting into traps related to what you're speaking about. Mm -hmm. So when we're reading, uh, we're asking the question, uh, what does the Bible text say in itself, not related to me yet? Mm -hmm. What is it saying? What did the author intend it to say? So what was the writer trying to convey to us? And then what does the church teach about this subject is the final kind of guardrail. So what does the magisterium of the church teach? Because it, it would never be true, for instance, that someone would read something in scripture that would tell them to go against other scripture or go against the magisterium or the teaching of the church or the tradition that's been handed down to us from Jesus and the apostles. So that's those guidelines, those basic questions can keep us on track. Would you recommend that we do this practice with a spiritual director? I mean, at least meet with one on a weekly basis or we just carry on with, with what we're experiencing with the scripture, you know, for, I mean, until the next confession, or I'm not even sure. The how, best way. Yeah, the best way. Yeah, so the best way, of course, is, as you know, Pamela, we have blind spots, right? There are things about us that we don't see because of yeah. sin and because of concupiscence. And I always like to use the illustration on older cars. I'm an old guy, so... When I was your age, let's say, uh, when, we, when I had a car, the brake lights would have bulbs in them. And the only way that you knew a bulb was out in your brake light is if someone told you because you can't see it. That's why we call it a blind spot. It's in our blind spot. And so it's very, very powerful to have uh, somebody who is a spiritual companion and someone who can help you along the journey mm -hmm. to grow more deeply to Christ that can help you to see your blind spots and help you to overcome them. Usually a spiritual director meets once a month with their directee, and that's uh, typically sufficient unless somebody's really trying to overcome some very uh, habitual and difficult sin. Mm -hmm. So, But once, once a month suffices, and what you do when you meet at that time is you go over you know, your struggles against sin or your struggles in life in general, your struggles to pray, pray or your progress in prayer. And they can help make sure that objectively you're not leading yourself down a blind path. There's a Saint Bernard of Clairvaux said that the that the uh, the spiritual director who takes himself as a directee is the disciple of a fool. Oh. So it, it's if we if we try to direct ourselves, we will just be deluding ourselves as a normal course. And I know that this this practice is generally an individual one, but would you suggest getting a a prayer partner or doing this with a group? I mean, I know that that becomes a Bible study in a different sense, but uh, do, you, do you still think that this should be done individually? It can be done individually or in a group. So what's important is that uh, one, we do it day, daily with our own time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. But there are many groups who've taken my book into the deep and I have a guide uh, that I've created for people and actually, I didn't create it. A group created it, and then we use it. And um, and they create uh, Bible encounter groups, gospel encounter groups. And they first start with my book and learn how to do it, and then they uh, then dig into scripture directly, or or a book that would help them to dig into scripture. So I think it's very helpful and powerful both to do it on your own, which is 
really the first of first importance and then of course to dig in with other other christians who desire to grow deeper to christ okay and um do you think that it helps to use a commentary on this i mean while doing this yeah it really does because so many people are not uh don't have any education in scripture or languages or archaeology or history mm-hmm. uh, i think the best commentary uh or re- uh, to more of a devotional uh reflection ever written is by father john vartunic and it's called the better part mm-hmm. and it's published by sophia institute press and they'll be coming out uh i think actually this month or next month uh, maybe it's may with uh each of the gospels with their own a reflection for small group study and personal study. Okay. Now, what is the advantage of doing this? How does it help? I mean, I know you've told us um why we need to pray with scripture, but specifically with this practice, you know, how does it help people grow spiritually? St. Teresa of Avila teaches as well as St. Alphonsus Liguori, who are doctors of the church teach mm-hmm. that graces come through mental prayer that can come no other way. And so being in proximity to Jesus, being with Jesus has two really important and powerful effects. One is that we are able better to fight sin in our life mm-hmm. and clear out the garden of God which is in our soul that he desires to inhabit. So it gives us the ability to see our sin and fight our sin. And the second is it helps to raise up virtues in the garden of God which you know the if the if in the garden the weeds are the sin the virtues are the flowers you know mm-hmm. that make our soul very beautiful and inhabitable by the lord and so mental prayer helps you to uh do both of those things mental prayer makes you aware of the means of salvation makes you aware of your faults and helps you even uh be motivated to how it is uh taking advantage of the things that you need for your own salvation that the lord has provided so it does it does many powerful things and you can think pamela of what it would be like if uh we were in the time of jesus when he was incarnate on the earth mm-hmm. and what it would be like to be near him of course the more we were near him the holier we would become right mm-hmm. because he would teach us he would convict us he would instruct us well similarly we can stay near to him in prayer and it has this uh same effect so that's the power and the effect of mental prayer and why it's so important so i have one last question and I, and and i know this is this is probably going to be a little the thing is with this mental prayer i started doing this specifically in preparation for this podcast and i find that there's a a lot of distraction mm-hmm. i find also that um personally if you're going through a particular struggle whether it's financial work wise um either way it tends to take away from the power of this mental practice so how would or what would you suggest to do to overcome these obstacles in when it comes to mental prayer well pamela i'm you know very encouraged that you've taken this up and of course you've experienced what everybody does who begins mental prayer in the back of my book uh, into the deep or in the last part of the book i give a series of secrets for how to deal with exactly what you're talking about and one of the thing the illustration i use is that for every a year of your life you get allocated maybe 1000 monkeys in your head and so the older you get the more monkeys you get now when you get my age you start the, the monkeys start dying off 
But when you're your age, when you're young, they're going crazy, right? So one of the first strategies is to trick the monkeys, and that is to wake up early as you can. Don't touch your cell phone. Don't use your computer. Mm-hmm. Groggy monkeys rarely, rarely cause a ruckus, you know? <laughs> so if, if all the monkeys are asleep and you're praying, then you're more likely to get prayer done, which may be difficult because you're tired, but also the monkeys are tired too. Um, another strategy is to tolerate the monkeys, kind of learn, learn that it's a normal part of being human. You know, there's nothing wrong with you, Pamela, that you've had difficulties. Um, so you, you need to learn to, or all of us need to learn to just go, okay, I have monkeys, no big deal. Uh, I'm just going to, each time the monkeys distract me, I'm going to say in Jesus name, you know, Lord, draw me to you, Mary, help me to Jesus. That's another strategy. Uh, you can also train your monkeys. You know, Pamela, the longer that you pray, the more monkeys will convert. Uh, they'll want to follow Jesus too. So I know it's a great illustration. But it's funny, but it's true. The more of your mind and your heart will want to follow and be converted to Jesus. And so when you sit down to prayer, it'll be easier. But really, until you die, you're going to have some rebellious monkeys because of concupiscence. And they're going to get in the way of prayer, but it's just a matter of perseverance. And even that perseverance is going to help you to be holy and to draw near to Christ. Okay. And, and, and the, the statement you made about asking Jesus and Mary to help, I mean, there's been another guest who, who said, I think the exact same thing. So yes, we, we, we should use that. I should use that. Yeah. In so, Jesus name. Yes. Yeah. Jesus help me. Mary help me to Jesus and Jesus draw me to you. So, um, Dan, tell us where people can find find out more about you or connect with you um, online and even more about your book. Yeah, go to spiritualdirection.com is the easiest way. And there's uh, all of our books are in the shop area. I think we have 15 or 20 books that are all based on the authentic magisterium, all very powerful, and will draw you to Christ. Our Into the Deep book was written for... The way you know if the book is a good fit for you, by the way, Pamela, I don't know if you've done this test before, but if you take your forefinger and your thumb and your left hand and you apply it to your wrist and your right hand, and if you feel a pulse, then that's how you know the book will help you. So it was really written for everybody to help them. So check that out at spiritualdirection.com. All right. And if people want to get in touch with you or invite you over to their church i know uh, a lot of these activities have stopped over the last few weeks but if they do want you to uh, appear uh, as a guest or something how do they get in touch the same play same way spiritualdirection.com has a little events tab at the top or a link Mm -hmm. and you can go on there and find out we do uh, retreats in parishes around the country and outside of the united states on prayer and spiritual warfare and also divine intimacy and marriage all right, that's great. So thank you so much, Dan, for uh, coming and uh, speaking to us about this uh, this topic because I've been trying to get a number of people to to speak about, um, you know, uh, Lecture Divina, and it was it was really hard. A lot of people either don't practice it or practice it in a in a very different sense, like a, a Buddhist sense or a meditative yes. sense, and it was very difficult to find you. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I'm glad you found us and. Yeah, we don't have any, you know, we don't need Buddha to get to Jesus, right? Um, Jesus created, Buddha is a created being. Jesus is not. And uh, Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he he provides everything we need to life and godliness. 
And I'm grateful that you yourself recognize that and, and grateful to be able to help your audience in any way we can. <laughs>